Thank you, Jesus. I'll just pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for just another opportunity to hear your word, to, to magnify you, to praise you, Lord. And I just pray now, Lord, that you will just ignite our faith, Lord, and through your word and through what you're telling us, Lord. Give every ear here to hear what you are saying, Holy Spirit. Um, give us your boldness. Give us your strength, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that as the only thing which can change our hearts, which is your word, Lord, that it will be spoken with truth, because your word is true. In Jesus' name, amen. How's your faith? Oh, wow. Man. No, no. I, maybe I'll ask you after the message. Hopefully the message will get, you know, get you excited about what God is doing right now. Um, let's go to Joshua. We are continuing with Joshua. We didn't get to it last week. Obviously, the presence of God was, and the Holy Spirit took us in a different direction, which he can do at any point, because like Di said, he is the leader of this church. He is the senior pastor. So we thank God for his word, and we're going to get straight to it. Joshua chapter 6. Now, it's a longer passage. I want to read it because if we don't read the word of God, then how can we have faith? Faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. There's no point for me to stand up here and try to inspire you because inspiration cannot carry us with where we are going. Only the word of God because that's how we receive faith. So Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 and just follow along with me. We'll go to verse 20. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the, Lord, of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. 
The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on the day they circled the city, on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring up, bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of the bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. Whew. Amen. This is such perfect timing. God is so good. Um, name of my message is simple. The walls must come down. It has to. It has to. It is it's actually no choice. The walls must come down. In this passage, if you just step, you know, in the chapter before, first of all, when we read the word, we have to learn as we're reading it to keep it in its full context. You You almost really have to remove the the chapter verses and the chapter numbers and just read the book because you start to really get an understanding of how it is being written. If you step back in chapter five towards the end of it, as Brahm was preaching, he was talking a couple weeks ago how when the captain of the army, who is the Lord, came to Joshua and he told him, I'm neither with you or I'm neither with your enemy. I am sent from the army of the Lord. I am the captain and you are on holy ground. So remove your shoes. And there was an encounter there. So in that part of the conversation, you go into chapter six. So you see how the conversation continues with the Lord speaking to Joshua. So this is interesting. When you read the second verse in Joshua chapter six, it says, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. So when you see that, you're looking at it and it's like, okay, this has already happened. And from the perspective of God, that language is really important. When the Lord is saying, see, I have delivered Jericho, it's already done. But in the natural, this, this, this wall is still up. So when we look with the natural eye, we can't actually see what God or what the Lord is telling Joshua to see. He's actually giving him a commandment. But he's able to do that because just before he had an encounter, Joshua had an encounter with the Lord. When the Lord told Joshua, remove your shoes because this place 
is holy ground and you're standing on holy ground. The same thing happened with Moses. So when we see that Joshua has an encounter, anytime God gave an encounter with them, he could then give them the victory. And he could speak to them like they already had the victory. Because it's a commandment. Joshua is actually not being asked to see. He's being told to see, I have given Jericho to you. So Joshua has no choice but to actually see it from the perspective that God is showing him. See, because there's no defeat in the Lord. There's only victory. The Lord always speaks from a place of victory. And there's no room to actually allow doubt or fear to actually have a place because by the Spirit, we're already triumphant. We are more than conquerors. And so God is actually dealing with Joshua from a relationship point of view. And what he's trying to get him to see is every part of our conversation is victorious. I have given you Jericho. And so seeing with the eyes of the natural, yes, it's hard to try to comprehend something of this nature. But when you see with the eyes of the spirit, you can see what has already been done. So there's a commandment. And when there's a commandment, there's actually an expectation. There's an expectation on Joshua to see it the way God is showing him. It's pretty powerful. So then when we go to the next verse, after he's been commanded, now watch this language. It says, march around the city. And this is verse 3. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpet. And jump down to the fifth verse. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So listening to that, then the wall of the city will collapse. But the verse before, he's already told them, I've given you the city. I've delivered Jericho into your hands. So... That's like, it's past tense, but this is talking as if it actually hasn't happened yet. But when you read it, it's like God gives us the promise, but then there has to be instruction that comes along with the promise. Because without instruction, you don't know what to actually do. We can't do anything in our own strength. Joshua can't accomplish even the promise that God has given him without the instruction of the Lord, because the instruction shows that the Lord wants it done specifically in the way that he wants it done. It is not actually up to us to try to get any ideas outside of what the Lord has promised without going to him and getting instruction from him. This, act, this part actually shows relationship between Joshua and the Lord. Because Joshua, let's just say he just goes on and does what he wants to do. Do they get the battle? No. Do they get the victory? No. Even though the victory is theirs, we have to listen or Joshua has to listen to the instruction that he's given him. It is so important to understand that when God gives us instruction, he wants it done his way. He wants it done by his will. Because he is the one who gets the glory. Does that make sense? 
So where there's a command, yes, it's already been given to us. The promise is ours. But to actually see this take place, we have to heed and receive to the instruction of the Lord. And that's what Joshua does. He goes and he tells the army of the Lord to do exactly what the Lord has commanded him to do. Now, did Joshua know why he was told to do this? Actually, we don't really know if he knows why. It doesn't really indicate if Joshua fully understood why God told him to get the army, take the presence of God, take the Ark of the Covenant, march around six times, and on the seventh day, you march around seven times that day. And then when I tell you to shout, you will shout. He doesn't know. We, we don't see that Joshua is writing it down and saying, yeah, that makes, it, that makes complete sense. Now I know what I'm telling him. Now I know how to say it. We don't know that. But guess what? It actually doesn't matter. It's not very relevant. What's relevant here is that he does exactly what the Lord tells him to do. He gets the, he gets the priest. He gets them to line up. He gets the army of the Lord. And he actually tells them, do not make a sound. Do not give a war cry. Don't say a word. When you march around, just march. When you hear the trumpets, just go. And then they did that for the first day. And then he got up in the morning and they did the same thing the second day. And they did the same thing the third day. And they did the same thing the fourth day. Now, when you read this, I think it is so important for us to not bypass, not bypass the human element in this, in the Bible period, but especially in this passage. Because I'm sure it would be completely understandable. They're human, we're human. What will go through our minds at this moment? Third night comes. And, 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 and again, they, they sit by the campfire each night. So I could imagine as I'm sitting there, and I, I know my brain can probably go very, <laughs> I can go pretty far with my imagination. But I, I don't think it's far beyond for us to actually think that these guys may have been wondering, what kind of sense does this actually make? What is actually happening? This whole thing is, is weird. It's, we're, we're just marching, and we're not even saying anything. I mean, just imagine one of them by the campfire. Two of them are, you know, warming their hands. One of them comes up, and he just kind of nudges one and says, hey, man, what? This is after the third night. You're like... What's going on, man? What, what do you think is happening right now? And the other two are like, look, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on, but let's just go with it. Yeah, I, I get we are going with it. You know, we're, we're going to do it, but we've just marched. We actually haven't said one word like Joshua's told us. Not, has anyone talked to Joshua at this point? Has anyone asked him? No, I'm not asking him anything. Joshua's clear. He's clear with the instruction. Let's just go with it. Yeah, but we're going on the fourth night. Like, do, do, you, do you understand, like, the conversation could have gone like this? Because the human element is, is actually okay to try to comprehend what's happening when it's happening. But what they did not do is they did not complain and they did not allow their human element or their limited thinking to stop them from doing what God had commanded Joshua to do. See, you can, you can see how it went 
from them being liberated slaves with Moses and all the murmuring and all the complaining and all the fighting back and all the bickering and all trying to get at Moses because they don't quite see what's happening into the conquering army where it's like, okay, we crossed Jordan, we stepped in there, and then the waters parted. So God would not take us this far to go back. Yeah, we don't understand why in the world do we have to march around one city, one wall, and expect God to do it. But you know what? We're going to expect God to do it. We're not going to complain. More so, we are going to unite with the leader that God has given us. They didn't see so much that Joshua was trying to control them. They saw the instruction of the Lord coming through Joshua to, to give them the victory that was already theirs. This is what they saw. So when you read the next part of that verse, on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Seven times on this day now. No one's saying nothing. But they're united. They're together. They know the walls have to come down. It's only a matter of time at this point. And the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout. It is, it's now here. Now is the opportunity for you to step in faith and do what I'm asking you to do. Now is the chance to step out and step in faith and actually see God make the miraculous happen. Shout, for I have given you the city. The walls must come down. Woo! So how did it come to fruition? Well, the third point is simple. Obedience. They obeyed. Yeah, sure, they may have been talking about having questions during the moment, but they didn't question what God was doing through Joshua. They united. They obeyed, no matter how it looked. And when you read it, 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 it sounds ridiculous, let alone living in that day, it probably looked even more ridiculous. Could you imagine the people looking down on the wall, actually seeing these people march around? They're probably thinking, what? They're not even actually intimidating us. They're just actually walking around. But the way God does things is far beyond our limited knowledge and our understanding. So there was no murmuring or complaining. They were uniting and they were doing. They stood with Joshua. It's powerful. I want to get, well, not yet. Uh, this is what I want us to take away from this. First of all, especially in the day that we're in now, like a few weeks ago, even what, when you, when you talked about doing Joshua and going over this, where we are now wasn't even thought of. This wasn't even planned. This, it could not be a better opportunity for us to actually step up in faith and watch the world look at the light of the church and see and say, that is what I need. Because the boldness and the faith that we should carry should go and permeate throughout our whole city. We actually have that opportunity now. 
Like, where are we going? We, 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 we can't run. But why would we want to run? Why would we not want to be ready to, to, to be the people that everyone is coming to because everyone's in fear, everyone's panicking, and yet we can stand there with wisdom but stand strong in faith and say, God is stronger than this pandemic. I love when Brahm just said, God, you breathe through our nation and wipe this pandemic out. How come we can't speak that and believe it and watch God do it? So the takeaway is, first, the commandment of God. Let's hear what God is saying to us because we're in relationship with him. We know his holiness because his holiness is in our hearts. As a matter of fact, he tells us, be holy for he is holy. That is a command, but we can be holy because we're new creatures in Christ. So since we have relationship, everything we see has to be from a place of victory. Whether it's this coronavirus, whether it's our marriages, whether it's family issues, whatever it is, there's no defeat in God. Everything we see and everything we say has to be from a place of victory. We're commanded to see the victory in every situation. In every situation. So receive the commandment of God. Receive the instruction of God. Be in relationship. It's not about us getting any glory. It's about him getting the glory. So when he instructs us, we have to receive the instruction and we have to obey. Luck did not make the walls fall down at Jericho. Skill. Skill did not make the walls fall down. Them being inspired did not make the walls fall down. I can't really see how marching around a specific area each night for six nights and then on the seventh day do it. I can see them being completely exhausted, but I can't really get the inspiration out of that. However, it is not inspiration, nor is it motivation, nor is it anything else that brings the promise into fruition. It is obedience. It is obedience. And that's all you need is obedience. Let me get the musos back up. Being emotionally charged. Yes, that's fine. That's, that's exciting. I mean, the worship was great. It makes you feel incredible. But man, when the presence of God comes, we have to learn how to submit and be obedient to the will of God. And really the instruction, just going back to that point, we have to know the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is actually, that, that is our ultimate instruction. We as a people now more than ever, this is our time to be the generation that rises up and makes a mark in this world with everything that is happening. And get excited about the lighthouse, about the light of Christ shining through us so that the world will see that Jesus' name, Jesus' miracles, everything about Christ is much bigger than what we're ever facing, especially in this moment. Let me get everybody to stand as the musos get ready. I, I wanted to read one more part. And it's amazing how faith 
moves God because faith is the one thing. It is the only thing that pleases the Lord. When you read the end of Joshua, chapter 6, verse 24, through verses 26, it says, Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced this solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest son, he will set up its gates. The destruction of Jericho was inevitable. And it's almost like when you see that, you might think, oh man, God, did, what, what did they do so bad? But the destruction was inevitable. As Brahms said, you mess with God's people, you mess with him. But what's so amazing about that is that Rahab and who all was in the house was spared. She was a prostitute. Her socioeconomic class was very low. But it wasn't about what she did, who she was, where she came from. It was about what she expressed. And it's amazing because as I was talking to Brahm about this, if we go to chapter one of the book of Matthew, Brahm was sharing this with me, which was amazing, just the genealogy of Christ. And when you read the fifth verse, it actually says, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, of the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. Now, we all know that Jesus comes through the lineage of David. But what's incredible is that that same lineage is the lineage of Rahab. So Rahab being destined for destruction actually expressed her faith. And out of that, you can see that Jesus chose to come through the lineage of her. How powerful is that? In other words, it doesn't matter what you think you've done. It doesn't matter what you have done. It actually doesn't matter. What matters is having faith in him. If Christ can come through the lineage of someone who was regarded so low and was actually destined to be destroyed, how powerful and how mighty can he use and come through us, especially in the moment like this? So as we sing this song, I want you guys to think about it. We're going to march. We're going to do a prayer walk. It's going to be really easy. 
I'm going to hit four corners. I'll tell you after, as we're having morning team for those who want to join me, because we're going to walk around this community and we're going to pray in the spirit and we're going to pray for the people. We're going to pray against fear. We're going to shut fear down. We're going to pray that these people will be ready and prepared to receive an encounter from Jesus. And when we have manifest, we're going to pray that they come. This is the most important. We should be excited to be living in the day like this. I'm telling you, it is powerful. It is powerful. It is powerful. So as we sing this song, if you don't know Jesus, come to the front because we want to pray. Because this is the moment to know him. But also, I want you to come if you feel like, if you actually feel like, you know what? Because this has been on my heart the last few days. If you feel like, you know what? I don't know if my faith is where it should be. Maybe I don't really feel like I have faith. Or maybe I've made some pretty poor decisions lately and I feel like God is just not close to me. Or I don't feel that I'm close to God. We want, you. we have to ignite our faith. Because faith is what is going to move God. So if, if, if you feel that way, come to the front. Let's pray. If God can move in the lineage of Rahab the way he did by her just stepping out there and hiding the spies because she did so in faith, surely God will do anything with us. Amen. Amen.